welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log, Day 21, Humility. This is going to be one of those episodes where I'm going to push the envelope of the things that I actually know about, right? I'm going to potentially veer into territory where I might not be an authority. So disclaimer before we actually dive into the discussion and talk about humility and my take on humility is that this is just one man's opinion, one man's experience, and you should definitely double check these things with your priest or your spiritual advisor. Now with that out the way, let's talk about humility for a minute. And to get us started, I pulled up the definition on dictionary.com for humility, and it reads, a modest or low view of one's own importance or humbleness. And humbleness doesn't really help. It's defining humility with humility. But a modest or low view of one's own importance. Now, I have a problem with that definition. Specifically, the part where it says low view, right? A low view of one's own importance. Or you could probably even shorten it to say a modest or low view of oneself. When it comes to character traits like this, humility, I always think that it's a good idea to look at Christ, who was the most humble, of course, right? Exceedingly meek. And you're going to see a lot of qualities that line up with what people think humility is, but you're also going to see certain things conspicuously absent. It's my belief that humility is not degrading yourself, putting yourself down, or diminishing your gifts or your qualities. Humility is not that. I think my favorite way to conceptualize what humility is, is this little saying that I heard many, many years ago and stuck with me, that humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And I think that that kind of balanced view, this this view of humility is far more useful and powerful than having a low view of your own importance. If we were to take that at face value, say you're a Christian or you're Orthodox even, and you go to church and your priest tells you that the spiritual life starts with humility. And it does, right? My priest says this all the time and I completely completely agree with him, even actively. I, I really believe that the spiritual life begins with humility. But if we don't have a true understanding of what humility is, we might be pursuing the wrong quality. So say you hear your priest say this, and then you think, oh, I need to diminish myself and, and, and downplay the things that I might be good at. So let's say, let's say you're a very good public speaker, right? Maybe you're very likable, very charismatic. And then someone pays you that compliment. Someone says, wow, John, you're so charismatic. You're very personable. You're great with people. And you believe, well, I need to be humble, so I need to downplay. I need to have a low view of my qualities. Be like, oh, no, I'm not at all. Well, at that point, you're lying. This is when it's a good idea to go back to the example of Christ, where in the Gospels, Christ says, who do the people say I am? And the disciples give different answers. Oh, they say you're Elisha. They say you're a prophet. Uh, This and that. And then he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. 
And that's a fact. That's true. So Christ didn't downplay this quality, this reality about himself, because that would just be lying. That's not what humility is. Humility is the fact that God himself, perfectly pure and eternal, decided to condescend, right? That's the word we use, condescend into human form. Descend down, right? So I think a far more powerful way to view humility isn't necessarily whether or not you're going to deny qualities that you have or to have a low view of your own importance, but rather, do you think certain things are above you or not? I think that's, that's a much better starting point. So I try to keep myself humble all the time, and you should too, of course, as a man. It's very important to have humility, right? Pride cometh before the fall. It's your arrogance that will be your greatest downfall if you're not careful. So the best way I've found to really humble myself is to, one, try to keep in my mind at all times my qualities in comparison to God, right? If God is true goodness and truth and beauty and all-powerful and all-knowing, and I've realized that I'm none of those things, that I am, if God is infinite and I am some finite number, you divide any number by infinity, you get zero. So I am nothing compared to God. But at the same time, I am made in God's image. So whatever qualities I have that are praiseworthy come from God, and whatever qualities I have that are not are of my own making. So this kind of humility is far more actionable because you can say, I am a tool of God's purpose. I am made in God's image. I have inherited kingship. Quite literally, if you are a Christian, you believe this, that you've inherited royalty, that you are a co-heir of the kingdom of God. So you should treat yourself with respect and dignity. Right? When Christ was being beaten before the crucifixion, he didn't cower. He didn't beg. He endured that beating, knowing that it was for our salvation by taking the burden upon himself. But he didn't lose sight of his human dignity and his divine dignity, of course, being both man and God. So I think humility is just not thinking of yourself as somehow inherently above other people. And then there's the example of the saints, right? You can look to someone like Saint Seraphim Sarov, who I think, and I'm sure I'm going to misquote this as I usually do, but there's a quote attributed to him where whenever he would get visitors, he would greet them with something like, my joy, I think is how he referred to people, my joy. And seeing the, the beauty in other people, Right? And understanding himself to merely be a humble servant of God. Right? Not regaling himself and saying, oh, I, I work miracles and I have divine visions and therefore I'm such a great person. He didn't think about his own station as much as he just thought about pursuing the kingdom of God. Right? So thinking of yourself less. Now, the problem with that view of humility is that a lot of people are going to disagree with it. Most people do not have a very nuanced view of humility. So if I were to be in conversation with somebody... And um, that person says something like, I just got a new job. I'm making 110 base salary now. And he shares that with me in excitement. A lot of people might be tempted to say, why are you bragging? Why are you so arrogant? I, on the other hand, would say, good for you. You know, that's, that's a great accomplishment. Glory to God. Right? This is another thing that you'll notice in humble people. And I know some people like this. Uh, the deacon at my church is like this. He ever does something great, you say, wow, that's awesome. He'll say, glory to God. 
right? Understanding that all good things in him are just reflections of God's goodness and are imparted in him, right? Placed in him by God. But you should not think that humility means downplaying your strong qualities or pretending that you don't have them because Christ didn't do this, right? He said, all of you who are weary, come to me and I will give you rest. So he was fully aware of his ability to be salvific and solve our problems. So if I go to somebody and say, listen, these are the strengths that I have. If you want my help, I'll give it to you. That's not arrogance. That is the reality of a strength I might have. Now, of course, if you start to focus only on your good qualities and ignore your negative qualities, right? Not being willing to reveal them. That is, in my opinion, a sign that you might have an ego, an overactive ego. So I, I always go out of my way to try to condition myself that if I make a mistake, I'll fess up to it immediately. A recent example of this is I was having a conversation with one of the guys who runs my training protocol about two weeks ago. And I've recently started training calves just to you know balance out. This is the, the last body part that I wasn't really focusing on. So they were underdeveloped compared to the rest of me. And seeking out balance in my physical strength and the physique that I'm building, I decided to start working this. And there are, to give a, a quick 30-second anatomy rundown, there are two muscles in your calf. There is the gastric nemus, which is the big bulgy part near your knee at the back, right? The, the pit of your knee that everyone notices and everyone thinks of as your calf. But then there's a second muscle called the soleus that runs from the top of your knee, approximately so under the gastroc, all the way down to your heel. Now, I was under the impression that the entire backside of your leg, basically, that meaty part, is the soleus muscle, and it's all muscle tissue. So I came up with this theory that, you know, only train standing calf raises because those focus on the gastrocnemus and don't do seated calf raises so that your ankles will stay as narrow as possible and then your calf, the bulgy part, will be as big as possible. And that should yield a more aesthetic calf. So I told him that. But don't, don't do seated calf raises. It'll ruin the aesthetics of your calves. It'll give you cankles. But then I did more research into this and realized that the tendon that inserts into the near the heel, right around the ankle of the soleus, it runs up pretty high. That's it's mostly tendon. So when you're working that part, the part that's going to grow the most is still under the gastrocnemius. So you're still going to get that, you know, that cone-shaped calf where it's big at the top and smaller at the bottom. Now I made a mistake. I gave bad advice. What's the right thing to do here? I sent a message not only to him. I sent it to the whole group of guys. For any of you who've heard me say that you shouldn't train seated calf raises. I was wrong. I made a mistake. Sent a picture. And I said, this is all mostly tendon. It's not going to grow very thick. So you're still best served doing both seated and standing calf raises if you want to grow your calves. And this is how we train ourselves to be humble, in my opinion. Is readily admit your faults. Readily un- admit the fact that you're not perfect. You're not even close to perfect. And the only way you can reach perfection is by asking God, for help, right? For God to purify you, right? This is, this is why Christians will always say things like, I am a sinner, right? There, it even goes so far in orthodoxy. It's said that a very good mindset to have is that everyone else is going to heaven and I'm headed straight to hell. This is a mental exercise you do, not because it's true, because if I believe it and you believe it, then we're both wrong, right? So mathematically it doesn't make sense. But it, it is a good view to have that allows you to not find fault in others, but rather 
to see your own inadequacies and to work on those. That will keep you humble. Of course, not to the detriment of your view that you have value as a human being, right? And I think this is where the Protestant doctrine of absolute depravity goes wrong. It's this belief that no matter what you do, you'll never have an ounce of goodness in you. And that Christ's sacrifice doesn't actually purify you. You just put on his cloak of holiness and you're basically doing a fake out on God the Father. Saying, oh, look, I'm wearing Christ's holiness, so now you can let me into heaven. No, we actually believe in theosis, right? Acquiring the divine qualities through labor, prayer, repentance, fasting. This view of humility is far more actionable. Because you don't want to get into a place where you defeat yourself, where, right? Where you beat down on yourself and say, I am worthless. I am nothing. I have a low view of, of myself. Now you should have a balanced view of yourself. So to sum that up here for a second, my definition of humility would be to view yourself exactly as you are and to not find anything or anyone below your status, right? So to, to not you know, raise your chin up and hold your nose up high and look down at other people, right? Down your nose, as the expression goes. That's what I think is true humility, right? To celebrate your strengths and to give glory to God at all times, knowing they come from Him, and to view your shortcomings soberly, honestly. And so now, after about 15 minutes of talking about what humility is and what humility isn't, in my opinion, again, now we can finally see why I thought this was even worthwhile doing a field log on because a man with true humility is far more effective in carrying out his God-given purpose than a man with arrogance or with what you might call false humility or rather than humility, sort of the self-hatred. And here's why. If my take on humility is accurate and you actually implement this in your life and you become more humble saying, I see my mistakes readily. I admit them readily. Another example of this, I was training with a buddy of mine today, right? It's Saturday as I'm recording this. We had form clinic and he came out. It was just him and me, right? Smaller crowd this time, just the two of us. And the first thing I told him when I got another bench was I haven't actually done my heavy bench in three weeks. I've missed three Saturday training sessions in a row. Immediately admitted it. So we don't know how fast or slow this weight's going to move, right? I did my other training sessions. I've been eating the way I'm supposed to. So thankfully, my strength didn't suffer much at all. But I pretty much picked up exactly where I left off. Thank God. But this ability to readily admit, these are my shortcomings. These are my mistakes. These are my faults. A, it makes you more accountable by letting your brothers call you out, right? I say, I missed three training sessions in a row. And he might say, yeah, you can't be doing that, man. You're right. Absolutely, right? And this bleeds into the sacrament of confession, right? When you commit a sin, especially a grievous one, right? You do something that you really shouldn't do. You go to your priest and you confess in front of him to God. Common misconception, we're not confessing to the priest. He, is, he actually recites a prayer beforehand saying, it is the Lord himself whom you're addressing. I am just an unworthy witness. Witness, right? But admitting your faults and your sins and your shortcomings and your stumblings readily without worrying that it's going to make you quote-unquote look bad. That's humility. And it has absolutely nothing to do with satisfaction in a job well done, joy in your accomplishments, none of those things. Right? I frequently mention on the field log that what my body composition is, right? Or rather what my weight is. 
right? I started training at 125 pounds. I'm now in the low 170s, right? 171 to 173, depending on the day. Some people might consider that arrogant. Like I'm bragging about having gained weight. But I'm not saying that to impress people. I'm saying it to impress upon people that I can be trusted when it comes to training. That my opinion, right, with the input of your physician, of course, my opinion is worth considering. That the Warrior King weight training protocol is something worth pursuing. I also know that 171, 172 pounds is nothing compared to some of the professionals. Right? Like there are plenty of people who are much bigger than I am, much leaner than I am, much stronger than I am. And I understand that. So I have a a sober understanding of where I am in relation to those who are performing better than I am and those who are performing worse than I do. Those who perform better than I do, when you're humble, you'll be amazed. You'll see them and you'll say, I want to be like that. This motivates me. Well done. I'm, I'm impressed by your athletic ability. And those who might not be as far along in their training journey as you are, to say, maybe I can help this person. That's humility, right? When someone is quote unquote below you, which no one is, right? As humans, our value comes from the image of God and we all have that equally. But when someone in a practical matter isn't as successful as you are, to be willing to help that person, to desire to help that person, that is an expression of humility. It's not to think of yourself as better than other people. That would be arrogance. But it's also not to genuinely think of yourself as worthless because that would be self-destructive. So what I'm really trying to communicate is this. One, a man cannot be effective without humility, not only from a practical perspective, which is the argument that I made earlier, is that practically speaking, you have to see your faults so you can correct them, but especially from a spiritual perspective. In the Warrior King ethos, we have seven commitments. The first commitment is to serving God, and you cannot pursue your salvation, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, the way St. Paul says, right, in the epistles, one of his epistles. You cannot do that without humility. Humbling yourself and saying, I need help. I can't do this without God. I pray, God, please help me. Right? Asking your friends to pray for you, asking the saints to pray for you. So practically speaking, you must be humble because you can't do your job without it. Spiritually speaking, you must be humble because you can't pursue your salvation without it. Those are the two modalities that I've identified in how humility really shapes you as a man, shapes your character as a man. You have to start there first. When someone pays you a compliment, don't dismiss it. Not only is it untrue when someone says, Hey, Hara, you know, I saw your video of your deadlift the other day. Good job, man. Like, that's really impressive. Well done. I'm not going to say, Oh, it's, it's nothing. It's, I'm weak. That's a lie. Why am I lying to this guy? That's a lie. I'm going to say genuinely, look him in the eyes and say, Thank you for saying that. Thank you for going out of your way to make that comment to praise an accomplishment. Thank you. And glory to God for giving me the discipline to do this, which came from God, right? Every, every good thing comes from above. For giving me the genetics to be able to achieve this, right? There is a genetic component. For allowing me to have the resources and the knowledge. So you can be happy when you achieve things that are good. And you should be. So I think today is a good day to reflect on your relationship with the word humility. How do you view humility? Do you see it as a defeating of yourself? 
or do you see it as a balanced view of yourself? Take some time to reflect on that today, right? Make a note in your notes app right now to reflect on that today. And see how much more effective you come and how much more pleasant to be around when you have true humility instead of false humility. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day.